we have uh, only seven new cases who have tested positive. Another drop in daily infections. And the province pushes the NHL to relaunch in Vancouver. Brian Adams backpedals. The singer rocks the boat with a controversial post. And a violent outburst on a bus. He directed his attention to two Asian women. The search for the suspect in a racist attack. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. There is hope that Vancouver might be one step closer to becoming a hub for the relaunch of professional hockey. Premier John Horgan has made it clear he's a big fan of the idea and late this afternoon he spoke directly with the commissioner of the NHL. Richard Zussman has the late details. Shoots, kicked out, rebound, Pearson scores! There are still serious questions over whether the Vancouver Canucks season will continue. But if it does, there's a push for it to happen here. You know, there's a lot of ifs around this. Um, you know, uh, in, in theory, I think it's a really great idea. Premier John Horgan has written to both the NHL Players Association and NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman, pointing out Vancouver's ability to host major events and the province's low rates of COVID-19 transmission. I would need to see a very detailed plan of, of what their expectations or how they uh, will meet our requirements. The Premier speaking on the phone Tuesday with Bettman, nothing formally decided about whether hockey is returning or if BC will play host. Many are wondering why the province is even considering bringing in hundreds of people here to play hockey. We have to assess real plans and work together to ensure that everybody is safe. And that applies to the NHL as it applies to every single other organization. The league is looking for cities with low rates of COVID-19 transmission to host multiple teams to limit playoff travel. Players coming from outside Canada would need to isolate for 14 days. Games would be played with no fans. And players, coaches, staff, broadcasters and anyone else involved would be confined to hotels and arenas. Former Canucks star Cliff Ronning says Vancouver would be the best possible hub city. This will be the strangest year ever, but it's definitely going to challenge them to the next levels of who really wanted it the most. It will be different for fans as well. They won't be able to watch in the arena. They won't be able to pack bars and restaurants. So a lot of the viewing will be in front of the television or on decks like this. The fans absolutely make the game. In these circumstances, I think it's more important to play the games. A feeling shared with hockey fans everywhere. Still waiting on a decision with no public deadline. Richard Zussman, Global News, Victoria. Well, we have another single-digit day when it comes to new cases in this province. Health officials were happy to reveal we have only seven new COVID-19 cases for a total now of 2,360. One additional death as well, which means we've now lost 131 people to COVID-19 complications. Keith Baldry has more on the response from health officials when it comes to borders reopening and non-essential travel, as well as a little relationship advice. I'm pleased that we have uh, only seven new cases who have tested positive in British Columbia today. It was the lowest daily COVID-19 case count since early March. Yet another sign BC's plan to fight the virus is working for now. For us to, to get our society moving again, our economy moving again, we need to maintain control of COVID-19. 
Once again, the hospitalization and ICU numbers are encouraging, and they're not spiking, while those who have recovered from the virus continue to climb in number. But COVID-19 is changing things. For example, you can forget cruise ships coming to BC this summer. This is not the time for that type of a risk to be taken uh, in our province, and certainly not in our ports, um, either Vancouver or Victoria or you know, Prince Rupert, some of the other places where these cruise ships have gone in the past. And another request, and a reminder, travel as little as possible this summer, if at all. We're starting to see more and more people wearing non-surgical masks, but Dr. Henry today said they shouldn't be required wearing at all times. I, I really don't believe we should be requiring it. There are many reasons why some people cannot um, wear a mask, a face covering. Um, people who have certain respiratory illnesses, it can be very challenging. Finally, Dr. Henry today dispensed advice on a subject she's never been asked about in a briefing before, kissing. This is a respiratory virus that spread through droplets. So yes, we've seen it with um, other diseases that can be spread this way. But if you are going to um, start a relationship with somebody, this is not the time to do rapid serial dating, okay? So pick somebody, see if it works, and then take your time. Wow. <laughs> All right, Keith, uh, live in Victoria now. Keith, the province also announcing today that uh, there's a new public survey asking for mm -hmm. feedback from the public. Yeah, it's a fairly detailed survey, and you can uh, fill it out anonymously. Go online to the BC Centre for Disease Control website. It takes about 10 minutes. I've uh, just completed it myself. And it asks you questions, again, on an anonymous basis, about how the COVID pandemic has affected you in so many ways, how it's affected uh, your, your life, uh, your work life, your home life, uh, your personal finances, your mood, your, your own personal health. So, uh, and it's designed, basically, to collect as much information as possible to allow public health authorities to make some decisions uh, if we have a second wave, if the pandemic uh, uh, continues for some time, or if we have another pandemic in the future. So I encourage people to go there. It only takes 10 minutes. I think it's worth your time. Thanks very much, Keith. All right. And Vancouver's downtown core is slowly returning to something a little more familiar. Some shops started taking down the boards today that had gone up to protect their storefronts shortly after the pandemic was declared. The plywood became a canvas for public art. Now, as we enter phase two of the province's COVID-19 plan, some businesses are getting ready to reopen under the newly relaxed guidelines. Well, there is no question the COVID-19 pandemic has taken a significant toll on seniors, both emotionally and financially. Nearly two months after the start of the outbreak, the federal government now has unveiled $2.5 billion in funding just for seniors. Ted Chernecki has details on the new support and whether it's enough. Many seniors today are devoid of any personal contact with family. They're lonely and afraid, as so many virus-related fatalities are in their age group. The Prime Minister, who in the election campaign promised a permanent increase in seniors' funding, today instead offered a one-time temporary payment. We recognize that uh, every week seniors are uh, out of pocket a little bit more, uh, which is why uh, we're stepping up on sending seniors uh, the help they need. 
$300 for all seniors who qualify for the old age security and an additional 200 for those on the guaranteed income supplement, and there's no need to apply for it. In B.C., some might be surprised to learn that 30% of seniors, or about 300000 are on the GIC, meaning that their annual income is below $24,000 and on average around 20000 Think about the fact that that is your income. There's no new job or promotion coming uh, down the road that's going to increase that. Taxis may be necessary instead of public transit. Prescription dispensing fees for a while were payable every month. And who knows what the post-pandemic world will cost. There's still, um, for want of a better term, another shoe to drop around issues related to the economic fallout, particularly for seniors. There were issues around low-income seniors before COVID. They haven't gone away. The Prime Minister said there are long-term plans in the works for seniors, but opposition critics say much more is needed and now. 80% of all COVID-19 deaths in Canada have occurred in long-term care homes. Tension Global News. A dedicated team and a piece of high-tech equipment are helping develop individualized treatments for COVID-19 patients here. The team is retrieving and processing blood samples from critically ill COVID-19 patients at Vancouver General and Surrey Memorial Hospitals. Those samples are tested using a Samoa HD1. That's a machine that cuts the timeline for some blood tests from weeks to less than 24 hours. The result of those tests led directly to personalized treatment plans for patients like 32-year-old Z. Rahiman, who had such a severe case of the disease that he needed to be put on a ventilator and into an induced coma. My infection levels were at about 170 and the average is only three. Um, And that my body had gone into a psychotene storm, um, meaning that my, my all my antibodies were fighting this virus, but uh, at the same time shutting down uh, my organs. What is it about some patients where the immune system just goes out of control and that ability to, to put the brakes on um, is lost? So what, what happens in those patients and how do we identify them? The UBC lab that houses the machine is considered the go-to facility in Canada for testing blood biomarker information. Metro Vancouver Transit Police are looking for a man accused of a violent attack on a woman who stood up to his racist comments. It happened on a bus on April 15th. The suspect allegedly lashed out at two Asian women who were wearing protective masks, yelling at them to go back to their country. Another woman intervened, asking him to stop, and that's when he allegedly attacked her. When the victim stood up to defend herself, the suspect allegedly reached over, grabbed her hair, and pulled it with so much force that it removed a significant amount of hair from her head. Uh, Next, the suspect allegedly punched the victim multiple times in the head and wrestled her to the ground. The woman was eventually able to fight him off, but was left with injuries to her leg and scalp. The suspect left the bus and was last seen running away near Commercial Drive and East Hastings. If you have any information or know who this man is, you're being asked to contact Transit Police. A decision handed down by the Office of the Police Complaints Commissioner is calling for a review by Vancouver Police. They're being, they're being told to take a closer look at how they handled an incident of racism involving a Vancouver high school student, where a video laced with racial slurs targeting black students prompted an outcry from the community for action. Nadia Stewart reports. 
A year and a half after a video surfaced at Lord Bing Secondary in Vancouver, leaving black students feeling the sting of racist threats. When I got the letter, I was actually quite encouraged um, at the news that the OPCC is holding the Vancouver Police Department to account. The Office of the Police Complaints Commissioner is responding to a request from the BC Community Alliance to have the case reopened. Although it isn't a complete relaunch, they are in agreement that something went wrong. The OPCC's letter stops short of calling for a relaunch of the investigation, but recommend the Vancouver Police Board, quote, further investigate the VPD's cited use of sanctions or extrajudicial measures and what Vancouver Police Department policies or programs under the Youth Criminal Justice Act were engaged. I hate the BC Community Alliance's concerns stem from the handling of this November 2018 incident. The Alliance says any measures taken at the time failed to ensure the safety of racialized students at the school, as, quote, any sanctions imposed on the youth were self-imposed and not meaningful. The OPCC's response notes it was, quote, unclear whether the matter was dealt with pursuant to a program established under the Youth Criminal Justice Act or a specified program of the VPD. The next meaningful step is that the Vancouver Police Department relook at their investigation, potentially involve the hate crimes unit. We did not receive a response from Vancouver Mayor Kennedy Stewart. Expect this letter to be on the agenda when the police board meets on June 25th. Nadia Stewart, Global News. A young woman born in China but raised in Canada raises the alarm about what could be a new Cold War. Chinese Communist Party do not play by the same rules as we do. Her chilling account of the Chinese Communist Party's influence in Canada and its intimidation tactics in just over a minute. ...is speaking out about the threats she gets from the Chinese government as an advocate for human rights. Anastasia Lin was born in China but immigrated to Canada at the age of 13 and became aware of the atrocities of the communist government. Now she's drawing attention to the work of an agency known as the United Front. As Robin Gill reports, experts say the group is fighting China's Cold War with the West right here in Canada. We could talk about China's economic warfare... Anastasia Lin knows China is watching her when she gives these speeches critical of the communist regime. UK just signed a deal supporting Huawei to be a leading role in its 5G network building. That's like inviting a Trojan horse. She's an advocate for human rights and she believes the United Front, an agency of the Communist Party of China, is threatening her family back home. In cases like me, where I grew up in China, I was born in China, I have the majority of my family members back in China, Communist Party often use the business and the family back in China as leverage to threaten the person overseas. According to Amnesty International, the United Front uses these pressure tactics on Chinese living abroad to turn in critics and that the agency is operating here in Canada. The reports that we have are persons who have been subject to harassment by agents of the Chinese regime, whether they are persons in, in Canada with diplomatic protection, because there are more um, diplomats accredited to the People's Republic of China in Canada than uh, all other countries. The Chinese embassy in Ottawa did not answer requests from Global News to respond to these allegations, so we went to the Prime Minister. His response? We will continue to defend human rights uh, while at the same time looking to uh, protect uh, Canadians everywhere around the world. 
Lin remains fearless. Chinese Communist Party do not play by the same rules as we do. The way they operate is through fear and greed. She refuses to stay silent and will continue to champion a cause she's passionate about. Robin Gill, Global News. Brian Adams is saying, please forgive me, after a post of his went viral for the wrong reasons. Please forgive me. How the world is reacting to the singer's post about COVID-19 and his cancelled concerts. And we're just a few minutes away from our latest town hall with Premier John Horgan and Provincial Health Officer Bonnie Henry joining us to take your questions. Stand by for that. Traffic is in good shape this evening over here at the Massey Tunnel. Minimal delays between Richmond and Delta. To help you stay safe and at home, Lowe's is offering free parcel shipping and curbside pickup with online purchases at Lowe's.ca. I'm Trish Jewison in Global One at the Massey Tunnel. Ryan Adams is apologizing after posting a very controversial social media message. The Instagram post sparked swift backlash, many condemning it as racist and inflammatory. Catherine Urquhart reports. Please forgive me. Singer Brian Adams is apologizing after writing a highly charged Instagram and Twitter post. It said in part, Tonight was supposed to be the beginning of a tenancy of gigs at Royal Albert Hall, but thanks to some blank, bat-eating, wet-market, animal-selling, virus-making greedy bastards, the whole world is on hold. His words were destructive. They had hints of xenophobia and um, as a celebrity with a lot of range and who he, he can contact, um, that he was irresponsible making such a statement as he did. The divisive post comes as some musicians work to unite mankind by offering free online concerts. Others, like Son of James, have spent their time in isolation writing new material. Found it all inside. And people who are not Asian are like, what he said wasn't racist. He didn't say race or nationality, this and that. He doesn't have to. If I were to pull 10 people off the street from Vancouver and said, you know what, draw me someone who you think would eat a bat, what do you think that person's going to look like? The 60-year-old rocker has deleted the post and issued another saying, Apologies to any and all that took offense to my posting yesterday. No excuse. I just wanted to have a rant about the horrible animal cruelty in these wet markets being the possible source of the virus and promote veganism. He also said he has love for all people. I think he said he was sorry, but on the other hand, he was explaining his reasons, which were not about hurting people. Yeah, I don't think he was sincere. Rising up from the ashes into the fire. Adam's manager, Bruce Allen, declined to comment on the controversy. Catherine Urquhart, Global News. Sometimes just don't hit send. That is very often the best advice. All right. We're going to send it over to Squire right now, though. We can do it literally. Yes, thank you very much. Hey, the Vancouver Whitecats finally got their players back on grass to start training for a possible resumption of the Major League Soccer season. Only 13 MLS teams have been able to do this, but it wasn't the type of practice you would normally see. The players did drills on their own, apart from one another. In fact, goalkeeper Max Crapo had to take shots on himself. See? With a net that rebounds the ball back to him. Watch. 
Oh, what a save by me after I took a shot. I'm not sure yet how they can return the plane like normal because, of course, the border has issues and there's three teams in Canada, but maybe there'd be a hub city type idea to get the MLS going again. In fact, that hub city idea, gathering a bunch of teams in one city is an idea. As we heard earlier in the show, the NHL, NBA and Major League Baseball are all seriously considering. But that means quarantining players from families, perhaps for a couple of months. Whitecaps coach Mark DeSantos, who has a young family himself, thinks this is doable. I see it like going to a World Cup. Uh, when you go to a World Cup, there's that month of preparation, that, that month or month and a half of, of competition. It's just uh, the way it is. That's the way we have to look at it. For sure, it's, it has its challenges of uh, being away from the family. But if you look at players when they go to a competition like the World Cup, there's this distance and this time away from the family that they have to face. Well, in Germany, teams like Bayern Munich are now training in large groups as they prepare for a restart to their season this Saturday after a 61-day hiatus. All leagues around the world that are still on pause, no matter what sport, will be watching the Bundesliga in its comeback. Players and staff are being tested twice a week. There will be no fans allowed in the stadiums. And the BC Lions have asked the BC provincial government for permission to open its training facility in Surrey so players who are in town can train there, following, of course, all the guidelines laid out by the government. They are awaiting the answer. The Lions have less than half their roster in the Vancouver area right now. Guys? Pesky border issues for sure. Okay, thanks very much, Squire. All right, let's check in with Christy Gordon for a look at our weather forecast. And it looks a little chilly out there, Christy. Yes, certainly cooler today, and we have a chance of seeing rain, not just rain, heavy rain, and the possibility of hail. Look at this video coming out of Langley. Raining cats and dogs is what Brad said. Thank you so much for that video. Yes, and we have the potential of that across much of southern BC as bands of precipitation move north into our area, as well as a risk of thunderstorms, and that's for the remainder of the evening and potentially overnight. These are the areas that are under a special weather statement. Why? Because these downpours of rain could cause some problems, potentially localized flooding, as we see up to 30 millimeters of rain in a short amount of time. So be aware of that. Again, that's this evening. Conditions will die down tomorrow. We still do have a chance of showers just along the southern edge of BC and a risk of thunderstorms, but much calmer in the inland regions tomorrow, whereas the south coast, we still have a 60% chance of showers. Thursday, Friday look to be the bright spots this week. And here's a look at your central windows, weather window, baby silver tip foxes. Hard to can't see them there, but you can see the little black guys. Thanks yeah. to Maddie for that. All right, guys, back to you. They're cute. Thanks, Christy. Thanks, Christy. Well, it is almost time for the COVID-19 Town Hall, where Premier John Horgan and Provincial Health Officer Dr. Bonnie Henry will be taking your questions live here on the News Hour. But just ahead of that, we celebrate the hard work and dedication of your BC healthcare heroes. And tonight's nomination comes from the Jacobac family. They nominated two of their daughters, Melanie Lallis and Jenna Robinson, who are both OR nurses at Peace Arch Hospital. Melanie and Jenna have been working extra hard during the pandemic, putting in long hours and picking up extra shifts as needed. They give their best every single day, despite the anxiety that comes with putting their own health on the line to help others. 
The family, though, says the sisters put themselves at risk because that's what they do as amazing nurses. Melanie and Jenna, your family say, says you are both their healthcare heroes. And we thank you, both of you, for all that you're doing to help BC through this pandemic. If you have a healthcare hero to nominate, send it to bchealthcareheroes at globalnews.ca. Send us some information about why they are your hero and some pictures as well. Thank you for all the nominations. Our heroes, too, for sure. Good day today when it came to COVID numbers. We only mm -hmm. had seven daily infections. Uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry said she was pleased to be able to deliver that information, too. It was one of the more entertaining press conferences we've had in a while, I think, because was. of the kissing questions. <laughs> but we will have a chance to pose a lot more questions to Dr. Henry and to Premier John Horgan in just a couple of moments. Stay tuned for our COVID-19 Town Hall. We're back in a couple of minutes.